You're listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.us or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. Give Jesus a shout real quick. I like you guys. While we're standing, let's go ahead and segue in prayer. That sounds good. Sometimes I pray when I talk and sometimes I talk when I pray. Father God, we just thank you right now for the atmosphere that's set in this place. We thank you for the open heaven that is in this room right now. That we just say, King of glory, would you have your glory in this place? That we thank you for the ministering angels that are actually stationed round about the room uh, and surrounding the perimeter. God, we thank you uh, that you have actually set this day aside uh, in the course of human history as a day of encounter, as a day of marking, as a day of the revealing of the sons and daughters of God, uh, that the world could see uh, that there's a Father in heaven who loves them and is extending adoption towards them. So, Father God, I just pray that the spirit of revelation, according to the wisdom and knowledge of Jesus Christ, would be in this room. Lord, help me to get out of the way. Help me to decrease so that you can increase. God, I pray that you would put a bit in my mouth so if I go to say anything that's not of you, that you would redirect it. Holy Spirit, use me, consume me, uh, uh, rest on me, move through me, and and speak out of these lips. God, I just pray, um, Lord, for a, a supernatural demonstration of power and of grace and of mercy and of your kingdom come and your will be done right now in the name of Jesus. If you're comfortable with it, put a hand on your neighbor. Just begin to bless him, bless him, bless him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We just pray breakthrough. We pray breakthrough. We pray breakthrough right now in the name of Jesus. More on them than ever before. More on them than ever before. Lord, we just pray that anywhere that there's a, a, a mind fog and like a confusion, that it would be broken right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we, we pray everywhere there's a spirit of heaviness, that you would replace it with joy and exaltation and celebration, that you would give us uh, the garment of praise in this house this morning. Hallelujah. Lord, over every household, every, every, uh, yeah, ooh, ooh. <laughs> ha, help me talk. It's too early for this. Mm. Yeah, we recognize that you're in the room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just more of heaven in this place, God. More of heaven in this place. Yeah, rivers in the desert. Yeah. Abundance. Pre- pressed down. Shaken together. Overflowing. Joy unspeakable. Full of glory. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. We don't forget the benefits this morning. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Wow, 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 wow. Find your seat if you can. We're going to kind of we're going to kind of move in this um, and we'll see where we land. Woo. There are some scattered seats up here if you guys want to make it like nothing would distract me at this point and everything would distract me at this point. So don't don't feel weird about it. <laughs> Jesus, help me. Oh, man. Yeah. What have you guys been doing in here? 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting this morning. Oh, Jesus. Where are we going, Lord? So whatever happens, happens, right? <laughs> I mean, like, that's kind of where I'm at. I was totally ready to go this morning. I was like, had a direction. I'm like, yeah, you know that game where you stick your head on the bat and you spin around and you try to walk in a straight line? I, I'm just, I felt the need to share a couple testimonies. I was talking with Jeff in the car and you know, if the Lord begins to minister to you as this is happening, that's fantastic. But just remember that every time we testify of something, it means to do it again, that when we testify of it, it opens it up in the room. So if these feel strangely familiar, you know, when the king's in the room, healing is in the room. You know, sometimes we make revival about prayer, prophecy, worship, intercession, you know, like nations, missions, all of that stuff. But the reality is uh, when the king shows up in the room, the whole kingdom comes with him. So all of that stuff is just a facet. It's just a, a dimension of the, the manifold glory and goodness of God. So as we begin to share some of these testimonies of our God and King, that stuff begins to open up. And uh, I believe actually um, that there is, I know that you guys have a prophetic papa, David Wagner, that comes around. I've heard that man is uh, pure gold. I, I, I love him a lot, and he's had tremendous impact in my life and has shaped it. So I know that you have uh, a rich history in the prophetic, but I do believe that there is an, uh, dare I use a uh, charismatic buzzword and say there is an upgrade, uh, that the Lord is, is, is aiming to upgrade your prophetic processing in this hour, that there will be a, a deposit that is left here, not because I'm here, but because the Lord's just bringing everything up um, to the tip top. And uh, there, that's going to that's gonna happen for everybody. You know, if you're in the room, you get it, okay? So, um, if I can do it, you can do it. That's amazing. <laughs> Be encouraged. <laughs> Whew. I was telling Jeff this week, you ever have a prophetic, like significant prophetic encounter and you didn't realize it was a significant prophetic encounter until after, afterward? Because I can't talk. I really am having trouble talking right now. <laughs> this is not that normal. It's kind of normal. But, uh... Thursday, we were, we were praying with our team, and the Lord gave us like super specific prayer directives, and I would encourage you if you're in prayer and intercession right now, the Lord is speaking super clear, and He has a lot to say, and He's going to begin to give strategic insight um, for like prayer assignments and, and kingdom assignments in your cities, territories, places of, of work and, and community. And uh, we, we woke up, and uh, our team, uh, we, my wife and I and our team and our interns and spiritual kids, we've been praying together um, every day since July 5th for somewhere between 35 minutes to an hour every day. And uh, it's not something I've done in a, in a long time. I don't know that I've ever gone into that long of a season of prayer with other individuals. But I'm telling you, we're in this amazing swirl right now of the glory and presence and goodness of God. It's, it's broken something open in the Spirit. And we can literally say, hey, Lord, what is, what is going on with this? And if it takes longer than 48 hours for the manifestation of that prayer request to, to like, cross our path, I, I would be surprised. It's crazy, crazy. So we, we woke up, and the Lord's like, hey, there's some things in your city that got dropped. There's some people that abandoned their post. I want you to go there and pick up mantles that were dropped and just begin to pray and intercede. Have you ever been on your way uh, to fulfill an assignment from the Lord, and there was a little, you know, like another assignment along the way that you weren't thinking about? You know, like one of those God moments. You guys familiar with a guy named Blaine Cook? 
Blaine Cook is a vineyard minister. He used to run around with John Wimber, Ken Fish, and Randy, and all of those guys. He's, he's an anointed power evangelist, and uh, among other things, he's just like a jack of all trades. And he would say, you know how to identify a God moment? It's the wrong person, it's the wrong place, and it's the wrong time. So if you find yourself in that place, you're like, that's a definite setup. Like, I'm the wrong guy for the job. Yep, this is definitely the wrong person, and I'm supposed to be somewhere else. This is the story of my life. Everybody wants to be a prophet until you realize, oh, man, I got to do things now. We love the idea of doing things. We don't like actually doing the things. appreciate the pity humor. <laughs> so we're on our way to this assignment, and we were, it was a, it was a strategic location that we were going to pray, and we met the team, and we're walking, and uh, we're in a, in, in downtown area, there's a, a few, um, there's a significant amount of people in the homeless community there, and we're just walking, going to a place, and as we were going, so much of the kingdom will happen as you go, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, cast out demons, and tell them the kingdom's come. So yeah, we're on assignment, but we're just going. And I'm walking, and they're ahead of me, and I'm, like, messing with my phone. And all of a sudden, I hear this name drop in my spirit, Jim. And I'm like, okay, Jim, like, go work out or, like, a person, Jim, God. <laughs> I felt like it was a person, Jim. And, and I was immediately thinking, um, okay, who is this? And right as I'm walking, I just passed, like, a bus stop with, like, one of the covers. And my team's up here, and I was like, you know, like, when you're, I'm like, I'm not sure if this is them, but I don't know. And, uh, you know, I turn around. And I go to talk to him, and the bus pulls up, and I've never seen people get on a bus so fast. <laughs> I was like, I mean, they just jumped on the bus, and I was like, well, I guess it's not them, or I was slow to catch it. And I turned around, and some of my team members, they noticed, they're like, well, you know, what are you doing? And I was like, I just had this name drop in my spirit. I heard Jim drop in my spirit, and I don't know what I'm supposed to do with it. Uh, and they're like, okay, we'll just walk. Well, we're going just up to the end of the block, and we're going to cross the street. We approach the corner. And I get up there, and our team's there, and there's uh, another gentleman that's walking towards us. And I was like, hey, are you Jim? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm James. How'd you know that? And because I'm stupid, <laughs> I was like, I said Jim. What is he talking about? Not realizing that, and I still don't understand this, and I, I need to talk to whoever decided this was a thing, but apparently Jim is short for James. And I'm thinking... Can he not hear? Is that the issue, Lord? Is, is this a deaf Jim? <laughs> a deaf James that thinks he's a Jim? They just, like, responds to all J names. That's me. Could I, have said, could I have said, hey, Karen, hey, I'm over here, man. Man, I'm having entirely too much fun. So, uh, and he's just walking over to us really fast, and I'm like, hey. He's like, yeah, my name's James. How did you know that? I'm still very confused. It is not registering with me. I feel embarrassed and stupid because I thought I got Jim, and now this guy's here adding insult to injury, and I wish he would have just walked away. But he was, like, all about this prayer, so I'm like, hey, uh, can I, I just felt like I was supposed to pray again for a Jim. Uh, is there anything going on with you? And, and he's like, oh, man, I got all sorts of stuff, you know, like, and I know that that's a bad idea to, like, go into someone's entire medical history. I don't need that. I just need, like, what's the problem? Let's deal with that. Give me, like, bullet points here. So uh, James or Jim or whatever his actual name is is talking to me. He's got a knee brace on. So I was like, what's going on with your knee? Can we pray for, pray for that? And then 
we're there, and uh, <laughs> we're praying for him, and he gets actually touched by the Lord, and, and he's like, man, this is so crazy, and then he's like, got a lanyard on, and he starts pulling out all these name cards of like different identification, and they're James, 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 and I'm just getting more and more irritated, feeling stupid, because I just told my team, Jim, and this is James, but it is a Jim. We're in the car later with all of them, and I'm like, man, why was up with that guy? <laughs> Could he not hear what I was saying? <laughs> and they're like, Justin. Do you not know this? <laughs> I'm setting a precedent here. I'm, I'm setting the bar super low, so we're all going to make it over. This is not like a limbo that you got to go low on. This is just like, you're just going to do that. <laughs> super easy. And they're like, Justin, James can go by Jim. And I was like, I feel completely stupid. I wish I would have been quiet. Long story short, God can use anybody. <laughs> And God can use you when you don't realize that you're being used. You can be super accurate and think your way off. And I've also got a secret in the prophetic for you. It isn't about you being accurate. It's about you being motivated from a heart of love, compassion, and service. So you can, you can actually get healed off of a wrong word of knowledge. Like, this happens all the time. You know, <laughs> I'm going to tell on you. <laughs> Is that okay? It's okay because I have the microphone. So... I've done it a thousand times, but I just embarrassed myself, so now I'm going to embarrass himself. So, <laughs> nobody was talking about somebody. He's like, do you have a migraine? She's like, actually, that's the only part of my body that doesn't hurt is my head. I have chronic myalgian pain, but my head feels good. I've mistaken people's gender before. <laughs> it's, excuse me, ma'am. It's sir. I'm sorry. Whoa. You guys okay? It's all downhill from here. This is funny, but I feel the Lord on it. This is really unusual, and I like it. God can use anybody at any time. All you have to, all you have to be is available. All you have to be is willing to step out. We have the expression that faith is spelled R-I-S-K. If you're not taking a risk, you're not moving in faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. But there's something about hearing his voice or hearing even what you think might be his voice and stepping out that direction. If you just believe God, it'll be attributed to you as even righteousness, something like that uh, is how what the Bible goes, even in the Old Covenant. And I believe that there's something about just even repenting, changing the way that you think so that you believe that there's a possibility, even a chance that you could be hearing him correctly and the kingdom could come through simple acts of blind obedience. I'll tell you one more funny story, then I'll tell you another good story, and then I'm going to talk about what I think the Lord's going to talk about. I was at Walmart one time. How many of you know that Walmart's like prime opportunity for praying for people? You just stand by those motorized carts and just wait. It's like a 30-second rotation. Somebody who needs prayer is going to come through. It's a true story. I mean, it's a real thing. Lord, send me to the nations. Go to Walmart. I felt like I was supposed to pray for this woman. Jesus, help me today. I'm, I, this is, is this being like recorded and streamed? Great. Fantastic. I'm so happy. I'm sorry. 
and this woman. So first off, if you've never seen me before, like I'm heavily tattooed. I can look mildly aggressive if you don't know I'm a Jesus person and think that I'm trying to mug you if I like walk fastly towards you in a parking lot. So I've had to learn to like approach from the front, big smile, particularly for sweet older women, you know? Because they just start gripping their purse, and you know, like when you, you take your keys, and you're like, ah, that, that kind of thing, because I don't want to get shanked. Oh my goodness. I felt like I was supposed to pray for this lady. And I like ran up to her, and I was like, excuse me, ma'am. Can I pray for you? I felt like I was supposed to pray for you. And she got like real like, whoa. And I said, don't worry, I'm not a Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> and she said, well, we are. <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> Woo. Oh, huh. So the bar's pretty low. My name's Justin, and I travel the world and tell people about Jesus. And if I can do it, I promise you, you can. That was a highlight reel. <laughs> you won't make it into the kingdom with your pride. <laughs> you won't make it into the kingdom with your dignity. You won't do many exploits for God if you're concerned with how you look. You know, the Bible says those that know their God will be strong and carry out great exploits, right? So it's all about knowing him. It's about intimacy with him. It's about vulnerability. And the more vulnerable we are, the more exploits we can be trusted with because we recognize that it literally has nothing to do with me, that I literally must decrease so that he can increase. I must, even this thing of humility comes from that root word of like humiliation, that, that the sacrifices of the Lord are even a crushed and broken spirit, that when you come to the end of yourself, this ministry of contrition, which is literally means to be ground down into a fine powder, that that's actually the point when God can use you. When you are dust on the ground, I don't know if you know this, but God breathed on dirt and you and I stood up. So literally the only thing that makes us special is the breath, the pneuma, the spirit of God that was breathed into dirt. And I'm telling you, if you can get yourself to this place of simply submitting to the sovereign hand of the Lord, and even when you recognize you don't have anything to offer, now you're cooking with gas. Now you can actually begin to do something. It's fully yielding and submitting to the sovereign hand of God, and you actually have something to do in this co-laboring process. As somehow the, 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 the omniscient, omnipotent uh, Trinity, the, the, the Godhead, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit saw fit to partner with humanity to manifest the goodness of God in the earth. You didn't convince him. You didn't take God's arm behind his back and like talk him into this. It was the express intent of heaven. He's the lamb slain from the foundation of the earth. Before sin entered the world, they decided this is what they wanted to do. 
God wasn't sitting up in heaven and saw what the devil was doing and had to have a plan B. No, the devil's a fool. He just plays into the hand of God every single time. He gets too much press. He gets too much credit. We talk about him too many times. I'm telling you, you know, you're, you're, the, the devil in your estimation needs to get really, really small or God needs to get really, really big. If you simply turn on the light, as Reinhard Bonnke would say, you'll see the devil's just a mouse with a megaphone in a dark room. Sounds super loud, but he's about this big. And the Lord wants to, this morning, actually begin to illuminate and shine light on some things that, that you may not have seen before. And, and to, this morning, I felt the need to talk to you about light and illumination. Now, I'm a, uh, for those of you who don't know, I was raised a cessationist. I was Southern Baptist for 20 years of my life. I had a radical encounter with the Holy Spirit, got baptized in fire, and received my prayer language in First Baptist Pigeon Forge, uh, Tennessee. <laughs> I was at the altar one day, and um, I just was really fed up. Has anybody ever been fed up in church? Don't raise your hand, because uh, your <laughs> pastors are sitting right over here. Have you ever just been dissatisfied? Have you ever had that holy dissatisfaction, that pit in, the, in your stomach where you're like, I, there's got to be more than this, right? I was there, and I had been pursuing the Lord, and I had, there, was this, there was this impasse in my life where... I had read the scriptures, I'd read the New Testament, the New Covenant, and I, I saw those miracle signs and wonders, healing and deliverance, that, that God was, was doing things, and it was on this side of the cross, you know, the, 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 the fire filling the upper, upper room, the, the ascension of Jesus, where he gave gifts to men and said, go ye therefore, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, cast out demons, and tell them that the kingdom's come. That was on the other side of the cross, yet I find myself several thousand years later, and people are explaining to me why that can't happen. I was heart sick. I was frustrated. I, w I felt like I was between a rock and a hard place. And one morning, I just went down to the altar and was like, hey, you ever, you, we have, in the South, we have this term called belly aching. Do y'all belly ache around here? It means grumbling and complaining. I was belly aching before the Lord. You know, we think that we have to, you know, the condition's got to be just right. You got to have your Maverick City worship or Bethel music or IHOP. There's got to be at least two shofars and three flag wavers before the Lord's going to show up and speak to you. Those things are great, and I love them, and I will make fun of every denomination, so don't you worry. I will get to yours eventually. You guys all right? Here I am at a Baptist church, belly aching before the Lord about all this stuff, and wha-bam, he hits me, <laughs> and my language changed because I was praying the wrong way, and he's like, Justin, I'm tired of hearing about it. Now, mind you, I didn't know charismatics. I was taught to be actually scared of charismatics because if you get around them, you'll be like them. I found out that was accurate. <laughs> it's contagious. It's called the Holy Ghost. It's more contagious than COVID. No mask. No mask will keep you from the Holy Ghost. It gets through the mask. Whew. <laughs> and he, he baptized me with the Holy Ghost and fire. I knew nothing about the prophetic. Um, I knew nothing about uh, spirit-filled life. I knew nothing about any of that. And the Lord radically altered uh, the course of my life. But he met me in the midst of a deep heartache. It wasn't in, like, my, my best moment. There's a theme developing. Have you noticed? Justin doesn't have a lot to offer, but sometimes God uses him. That's all of our stories. He can take 
the very little bit that you have and do something with it. He can take many times. You, you had nothing. He gives you something. It's like, here, I give you this bottle cap. You're like, Lord, I got this is my offering. He's like, that's so good. That's amazing. I'm going to take this and I'm going to turn it into something. He can take the loaves and the fishes and he can feed the thousands with it. He can take a little bit of faith and he can uproot a mountain and throw it into the sea. Man, the, 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 the stories are there. The precedent is there in Scripture that if we simply will believe in our heart and receive the free, free gift of grace and salvation that comes through Jesus Christ, that, that you, you will receive the power. Acts 1.8 says, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you to be my witnesses. And there's this infusion of that dunamis explosive power, this, this heavenly precious thing that he puts in earthen vessels as a testament, not that you're special and that you have it together, but that God still uses people. He loves to fix broken things. He's still in the, 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 the business of fixing broken things. And you and I, not that I'm speaking a negative word over your word curse, but like there's brokenness you haven't discovered in yourself yet that the Lord is just, just cannot wait to heal in your life. His loving kindness, his mercy, his heart towards you is not shifting, it's not moving, it's not changing. Can I talk to you about light this morning? Is that okay? If you have your Bibles with you, I want you to go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 is where we're going to start. You've been warned. I'm Baptist. I read a lot of Bible verses. Go ahead and crack your fingers. Get them ready to go. We're going to do a Bible drill. It will be the entire message. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. We're going to start here and we're going to develop, but I want to talk to you about light. I want to talk to you about the hour in which we live and the covenant in which we live. And I want to talk to you about the armor of God and also the armor of light and the person of Jesus Christ and what it looks like to walk and manifest the character of Christ, um, both in the natural and in the spirit uh, realm. Is that all right with you guys? 2 verse 9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into marvelous light. Man, that's good, isn't it? That he called us out of darkness and into marvelous light. Did you know that you were chosen? <laughs> Did you know that you were a royal priesthood? Did you know that you were a holy nation? We can set the narrative of our lives as I could define myself by Justin's an idiot and he misses things all the time and he thought he was going for Jim, but it was James and I, 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 could, I could focus like the whole thing on, man, like that, that was me. I messed that up. I screwed that up. Nothing was good. But do you know who didn't care about any of that? James, who still knew he was Jim. <laughs> or Jim and James or whoever it was, the guy that I prayed for. He felt the love of God, and he was touched like he could not get it. He's like, I don't, he, and we were leaving. I was, I was so dense that I didn't know what was happening, but it didn't change the encounter that was happening right here in front of my eyes. How many times was Jesus with the disciples, and he's like, how long must I be with you? Do you not understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Jesus is like, I'm giving you parables. I'm drawing pictures in the sand. You know, like I'm working miracles and you don't even understand. They couldn't even perceive with Jesus right in front of them. But thank God for the Holy Spirit that leads us into all truth. It begins to guide us. It shows us the things that we don't understand. Now, I, I just want to set a precedent this morning that, that God can use broken people and he can use you in the midst of your process that you don't have to be clean and together and set up before he can engage with you right now. 
And if the devil can lie to you long enough, you'll believe that I am disqualified because of my own actions, when in reality you are qualified by the singular act of the substitutionary atonement, the propitiation by the blood and body of Jesus Christ on Calvary, that when he said it was finished, it was actually finished. And that it isn't about your works. So you, have to, you have to repent. You've got to change the way you think and say, I actually embrace the cross, which is not just like this is my cross to bear, but literally it's like I'm embracing this reality that, that, oh man, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Sometimes that's what taking up the cross means. It's like God doesn't hate me. He actually loves me. And if I don't understand that, I'll never manifest the kingdom. Are you guys tracking with me this morning? That you are a chosen generation. He chose you. That's all that matters. You ever hear the expression, favor ain't fair? It's not a works-based thing. Like, that's not the way that we're. He chose you. That, that doesn't, nothing else matters. He chose you, so the game is rigged, and you have to get over it. <laughs> Got any justice people in the room? We're like, well, I got to do it exactly the way that it's supposed to be done, or it's not fair. You feel like you have to. This is much harder for us. This is much harder for our, our box checkers and our list makers. Some of y'all are like looking at each other out the side of your eye. You better repent. A royal priesthood, which means that you actually have a measure of authority to stand and minister unto the Lord and to the people, actually. Because you did something? No, because he chose you. (laughs) A holy nation that he actually declares you to be holy, that you're declared to be holy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. That's how you overcome. There's something about uh, the blood of Jesus that speaks a better word over you uh, than the blood of the, the sprinkling of the bloods of the bulls and the goats and the lambs and the doves and all this stuff. <clears throat> His own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into marvelous light. I've said this maybe a couple times this weekend. I say it virtually every time I preach, but I want to reiterate it this because I believe I'm in a kingdom group of people that are prophetic, seer-oriented. Is that correct or am I in the wrong room this morning? I know that you guys are not afraid to get free on a Sunday morning. (laughs) I know that about you real quick. I want to state this. So the revelatory gifts, it can sound really mystical. It can sound really magical, and we can make it about a lot of things. We can make it about angels, and we can make it about throne rooms, and we can make it about creatures, and we can make it about gems and glory and oil and, and all of that stuff. And while all of that may be contained within it, the revelatory gifts or the spirit of revelation exists to reveal the nature, character, and content of the person of Jesus Christ. So every single revelatory encounter you have, I don't care if you're called up into the the throne room and you see creatures and you see angels and colors and all of this stuff, that should be happening unto a greater picture or revelation or manifestation of Christ in you, the hope of glory, so that you can somehow articulate that my experience that I had was unto something. Does this make sense? In other words, the, the world does not care how spiritual or mystical you are if you don't manifest it and point it back to Jesus at some point in your life. All the angels, all the elders, all the creatures, they're all declaring the glory of God. It takes a, a, a multiplicity of eyes to behold the manifest glory and, and the full spectrum of the glory of God. That's why every time they catch a glimpse, they're like, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. They're actually perceiving. So when you begin to step into this place of revelatory gifting, it's so that you can see Christ better, so that you can manifest the heart of the Father. Is that good? Ephesians 5, 8 through 21 is the next one that we want to hit. I'm just going to hit light from all sides, and we'll kind of see where we land this morning. Ephesians 5, starting in verse 8, we're going to go through 21. 
And you'll see these themes, which is interesting because they're all from different places, but this theme is prevalent throughout Scripture, and you want to pay attention to these things because sometimes in, in church we whisper things God shouted, and we shout things He whispered, and that's one of my pet peeves, if you will. Is it okay to have pet peeves? Even if it's not, I have them. The Lord will extend grace because He let me have grace with Jim and James. But sometimes we shout the things God is whispering, and we whisper the things God shouts. It's like, well, an angel appeared to me. That's fantastic. Well, angels are, angels, angels, angels are not a thing. They're in Tennessee, angels. I can't explain it to you. It's too complicated. It's very spiritual. That's the prophetic second course. You've got to take the first one. Is this guy for real? No. I'm deeply disturbed. <laughs> but angels are ministers unto the heirs of salvation. You and I, angels work for us. They're, 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 they are just simply messengers and helpers, if you will. So when you see angels, they are delivering a message or helping with something that God sent them to do or that you have been uh, uh, like uh, quickened to cause them to engage with you. So like we don't come to church to talk about what the angels are doing. We come to church and we talk about what God is doing. Sometimes the angels engage. Does this make sense? Or sometimes we have a dream and we're like, I was in it. I had this dream, and I was in a '67 Corvette, and there was a purple owl driving it, and then he blew a shofar, and then spun some donuts, at the, you know, in the parking lot of Walmart. That sounds like some prophetic words you guys have heard. If you're being honest, I know I've been in too many prophetic circles, and you're like, "What are you talking about? What does it have to do with anything?" <laughs> yeah, all of you guys are looking at me like you're not that kind of prophetic person. Some of you are telling. I see the side eyes right now. But it's important and it's significant, but we have to be able to identify the purpose and the function of it so that it actually points to Christ in a greater way. Ephesians 5, 8 through 21. For you were once in darkness, but now you are, in, you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. And it has this little, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Those are important as well. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Pay attention to the reality that to fellowship with darkness is unfruitful. The Lord wants you to bear much fruit in all that you do. But rather expose them, for it is shameful to even speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Touch your neighbor, say light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep and arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, submitting one to another in the fear of of God. Go with me to Romans 13, 11 through um, 14 here. You're going to see a theme in this. We talk about awakening a lot, but oftentimes we refer to culture, and a lot of times the Lord's wanting to wake us up specifically individually so that before the culture can be awakened, we must be awakened. Romans 13, uh, starting at 11. 
And do this, knowing uh, the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for our salvation is nearer uh, than when we first believed. Uh, the night is far spent, and the day is hand. Therefore, because of these things, let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Are you aware that you cannot be cloaked in darkness and light simultaneously? Many, many times when you see this reference, there is a, you know, there are if-then clauses in Scripture. If you do this, then this will happen. And in the same way, in the same connotation, there will be if you, you put these things off and put these things on. So there is a proactive engagement with the sons and daughters of the living God to recognize that this is the unfruitful works of darkness. And I can know it by these things. God always gives the tells. Wherever you see this, you will see this and this and this. There's a laundry list of the negative things. And and if you see that, it is the fruit system of a root system. Does this make sense? And the Lord doesn't want you spending all the days of your life hacking away with a machete at these extraneous things. He actually wants to uproot these principles in your life so that you can produce um, peace, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Come on, somebody. There's a song. It's not a coconut. Some of y'all know that song. I want to sing it right now, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to stay in my lane. You guys all right? Cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Verse 13 says, let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. Verse 14, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision uh, for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Tap your neighbor and say, no provision. I'm not going to make any space for that in my life. There is not enough space to give Jesus my whole life and give the devil a percentage of it. Well, my good friends Brian Starley would say that God is not concerned with the 90% of your life that you are giving him. He desperately wants that 10% that you won't let go of. <clears throat> You're like, God, but I did this and I did this. It's like, that's fantastic. But what about that dark locked corner of your life that you refused to give me for 15 years? That's the thing that the Lord's coming after with a fiery passion. That's why it burns so bad. <laughs> Lord, send your fire. Ouch. What is this fiery trial? It's actually just Jesus' eyes looking at you. Shaka Baba. <laughs> Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and against the rulers of the darkness of the age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all stand. Verse 14, we all know this. But we're going to revisit it. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with the truth. Um, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Having put on the, the, the breastplate of righteousness, do you not know that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Having your feet shot about with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The Bible says that the God of peace will soon crush Satan under our feet. Verse 16, above all, taking the shield of faith, which you will, you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. You know, there, there's a passage in Scripture that says, you know, the life that I now live, I live by faith. Many translations say, 
by the faith in the Son of God, but the literal translation says, the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Do you know that the same faith that Jesus had, you have? I didn't know that like my whole life. And you're like, man, well, if I'm, if I'm approaching this situation or this impossibility and say, I have to muster up some type of faith, I have to stir up some kind of faith, you actually can't do it. You don't have a snowball's chance in Florida of making it out. You got real nervous. You don't have the chance to manifest it because faith doesn't come by our own striving or by our own labor or by our own works. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the word is not logos, which would imply that you can't read the Bible and get faith all of a sudden. But that my sheep hear my voice and another they will not follow. So unless the Lord himself begins to speak to you, begins to quicken you, begins to illuminate your heart, you actually lack the ability to have faith. Did you know without faith it's impossible to please God? What? So I literally can't even please God or have faith in God without his involvement in the process. Exactly. (laughs) Let's go back to the garden. There were two trees. There was the tree of life, which I would remind you it was okay to eat from the tree of life. But there was a tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they were warned not to eat from that tree. In that day, they would surely die. The serpent enters the picture and said, did he really say that? I promise you that the devil's tactics have not changed. He still comes to you and says, did God really say that? Your prophetic words, your salvation encounter, that time you got healed. Did, did he really say that? And he'll do it when, you know, like maybe you don't feel the closest to God or maybe it's like a lull or he doesn't play fair. He fights dirty, right? Did he really say that? Well, you know, like I think he just said that because he knew if you did that, then you'd be like him. And then all of a sudden, we start eating from the the wrong tree. I also would remind you that if you ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you had the capacity to discern evil and good for yourself, implying that you could still do good things, but apart from God, your good was sin and separated you from him. Listen to me, somebody. A good thing is not always a God thing. He never intended for you to discern good and evil for yourself. He intended for you to walk with him in the cool of the day, naked and unashamed, unhindered by guilt, shame, and condemnation, so that you could actually begin to co-reign with him and exercise the king's domain. The goal was that what happened in Eden was supposed to hit the whole earth. But they missed the original objective, and they began to discern for themselves, oh, this is good, and God comes to them. He says, who told you you were naked? It's like, oh, well, we perceived it to be so rut row. What is it that you, and my dad would say, rut row, Raggy, Scooby Doo. It's a bad Scooby Doo impersonation. But he made a way when there seemed to be no way. We were dead in our trespasses and sin. We were. In darkness, and he pulled us up into marvelous light that actually it has very little to do with us, but it is, it is his express intent to take the same faith, the faith of the Son of God, and cause it to come into operation in your life. That Jesus is not a picture of what divinity looks like in humanity. It actually is, they, the Bible calls him the Son of Man, and it talks about how Jesus set aside his rights as God, and he lived as a man in this earth, fully submitted and filled with the Holy Spirit. It is a perfect picture of what you and I can actually attain. Jesus himself said, you'll do the same works and greater because I go to the Father. He said, it's better that I go because I'm going to send you the helper, the comforter, the spirit of truth to come and lead you and guide you into all truth. Who is he? 
He's the way, the truth, and the life. If you understand by the Spirit of God who Jesus is and what he came to establish by his blood and his body, you will recognize that you're already pleased with, the Father is already pleased with you, and you can simply manifest the kingdom of God. Are you guys tracking with me? And you're not jumping through hoops all the days of your life trying to make yourself right. You recognize that I was saved uh, by faith alone in Christ alone. Come on, somebody. This isn't preached enough. It's preached more than it used to be. But I'm telling you, when you get this down in the marrow of your bones, it'll change everything about your life. What happened to me on Thursday, years ago, I'd still be in like emotional shipwreck about it. I would be in an existential crisis because I'm so stupid and I messed up God's plan and I didn't understand and I couldn't perceive and, and all of this stuff. But today I'm just like, well, that's just an outside of the grace of God. <laughs> but it's a new day. His mercies are new every morning. And that if I'm simply like, okay, God, I just misunderstood it. Teach me, uh, teach me your ways so that I don't do that anymore. You guys okay? I'm not done. I'm just getting started. Verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful uh, to this end with all perseverance and su uh, supplication for the saints. So the passage says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but humbled himself. In other words, Jesus didn't bat an eye about manifesting the supernatural dunamis power of God. In other words, he broke all the rules. He raised the dead. The guy walked on water. He floated. He walked through walls. I mean, read the Bible. There's some weird, crazy stuff in there that Jesus did. He multiplied. He, he broke the laws of physics, science, all of the stuff you're not supposed to do. And he didn't even apologize for it. The Pharisees and the Sadducees got so upset with him. I love that about Jesus. I'm going to read this and then close the book. That'll get them. <laughs> Jesus, you're the prince of peace. I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. I don't understand. Exactly. <laughs> I'm God and you're not. You guys okay? There is an armor. There is provision for you in the spirit so that you can withstand the wiles and the tricks of the enemy. The Lord doesn't want you running around this life uncovered and ill-equipped to go into the battle that you've been born into. He's actually made appropriation for it. He's actually got this stuff sitting there. But you have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind through the washing of the water of the word, spending time in prayer and intercession with him so that you can actually see yourself rightly. And it's more than just hearing it in a message. It's like I was so convicted years ago because um, <clears throat> I got to a place. You ever get like kind of like, man, I'm pretty good at this, and you feel confident, and then all of a sudden you don't realize that you're subtly slipping into pride? I know I might, might be the only person in the room that's ever done this. But I remember I was, I was doing something. The Lord confronted me with a thing that I believed uh, about him to be true that wasn't true. He's like, Justin, your whole system of operations is backwards. It was, I met a guy named Dan Moeller, and I heard him preach the gospel, and the Lord deeply convicted me that I was operating from striving and works, and he said, you have to go all the way back to the foundation. I don't want you preaching until you, until you manifest this in your life, and I'm like, that's a horrible idea, God. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to keep preaching. I'll work on it subtly and a little by little, and he said, actually, I don't want you to preach about anything you don't do, and I was like, man, that, that really narrows down the Bible, God, because I can preach it really well, but I haven't been doing this stuff, or I do it really good in front of people, but in my house, my wife would probably tell on me because I'm not exactly the person I claim to be. If we're honest, if we're honest, and we would actually give ourselves to the Lord, and it wasn't about us, 
So I, I make light of what I'm joking about now, but there was a season where I couldn't talk about that stuff without getting some kind of way because I needed to have it dressed up and brought to church. I mean, that's what you do. You know, you come to church, you be holy as he is holy. <laughs> I don't know how to do that, but I can fake holy all day long. Yes, brother, hallelujah, blessed and highly favored. I'm the head and not the tail, above and not below. Charismatics have different words for it. You guys all right? <laughs> Psalms 119, 105 says this, <clears throat> your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. There's something that the Lord wants to illuminate in our lives. And I love that it's not just the letter or the spirit, but actually God is in the Bible. I'm a word guy through and through. I think you'll figure that out as I'm preaching. I love the word of God and I also love the spirit. But the letter can kill if the spirit's not in it. But also your spiritual encounters have no anchor and they have no bearing apart from the word of God. The Bible's so clear about, like, you know, you, you, even if an angel comes to you and preaches another gospel, Satan himself disguises himself as an angel of light. He came in the garden and deceived Adam and Eve, who walked with God in the cool of the day and talked to him face to face. You think about the measure um, and, and ability to deceive that that cat has, but I'll tell you, it would be really, really hard for me if I'm like, give me your hand real quick, I'm going to be weird. If I'm walking with God this close... I don't actually ever have to break this fellowship with him. I don't ever have to break communion with the Lord. And if I'm connected to the Father, like if, if he is the vine and we're the branches and apart from him, we can't do anything, then when the devil whispers in my ear, it will be of no effect. But if I slowly lose connection or I begin to believe that he's mad at me because of something I did, and I, he never lets go, but I let go. There's a song about it. Oh, oh you never let go through the gone through. You don't have to do this, but it's better if you do. And then we begin to do that, and then we get distant, and I can't hear his whispers anymore, and then sometimes I'll get distracted by other things, and, and he, you know, sometimes we make much of the audible voice of the Lord and encounters and stuff, but in my estimation and in my experience, the time where the Lord has had to audibly speak to me, I have been going the wrong direction, doing the wrong thing, and not seeking his face. That actually the consistent, predominant uh, mode of communication that the Lord has with us is the still small voice. Because if we condition ourselves to tune our ear to his voice and we get really close, then, you know, how many of you have been married for more than 10 years in the room? Raise your hand at me. Guys, has your, has your wife ever given you that look where you, like, knew what you were doing was not the right thing to be doing? <laughs> he knows what I'm talking about. We had that moment of connection, and it's carrying over right now. She just look at you. You don't have to say a word. You're like, oh, hmm, hmm. I better not do this, or I could continue to do this, but it's not going to be good for me later. Or like, have you ever had your spouse enter the room, and you didn't even see they entered the room, but you could tell that they entered the room because of the way they breathe, or the, the gait of their walk, or something like that? Some of you have been married like 30 years, probably hate that about your spouse. No, I'm just kidding. You breathe so loud, you walk like a rhinoceros. Listen, I'm a prophet, I know what you're thinking. I heard what you said in the car on the way over here, and you're trying to be dignified. You're not going to make it out the door with your dignity. Which one of you called your spouse a rhinoceros this morning? I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a very specific thing for me to say. Maybe it's prophetic, or maybe I'm a goober. I joke. 
But there's a familiarity because of time spent in intimacy and you know a person. That's the way God wants to know you. In such a way that he could step into the room and you're like, ooh, he's here. Another song. You know, we sing about it, we romanticize it, but, but there's a realness to this walk that we have with him. He wants us to be able to discern that way. But there's something about illumination that as we begin to allow the Lord into every part of our life, there are no dark places, there's no, there's no place where we're blindly groping around in the dark, that actually <clears throat> his word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Psalm 37, 23 through 24 says this. It says, the steps of a good man or woman are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. There's something about the presence of the Lord in your situation and the active engagement with him as you process this. You recognize we're going from glory to glory, from grace to grace. Another way you could say glory is from death to death. <laughs> Jesus said with his disciples, the hours come that I may be glorified. He was headed to a cross, ladies and gentlemen. He was not going to a party. He was not going to the wedding supper at Cana where he would turn water into wine. He said the hours coming that I may be glorified. And he was about to go through the greatest suffering that he would ever experience in his life. He was about to take the full cup of the wrath of God and drink it to the last drop for you and I. And he said, the hours come that I may be glorified. So sometimes in this grace to grace, glory to glory, we might be, feel like we're dying a thousand deaths. But in the kingdom, that to, to, to live is Christ, to die is gain. And there's something about as I die to myself that there is this resurrection power that is released. The Bible says unless a seed fall to the ground and die, it dies alone, but if it dies it produces a harvest. And I'm telling you there's something about this death to self that will produce something in your life that looks like Jesus. Are y'all tracking with me this morning? <clears throat> Go with me to John 8 verse 12. <clears throat> Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. John 8, 12, then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk, walk in darkness, but have the light of the world. Matthew 5, 14 through 16. I'm going to breeze through these because I'm going to shift gears here in a second. I feel something different shifting in the room, but it says, you are the light of the world. Wait, I thought he was the light of the world. Well, the same spirit that's in Christ, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in these mortal bodies. And, you know, Jesus said when he ascended on high, he said, you know, uh, all authority has been given to me in heaven, on earth, under the earth, around the earth, like all the authority. I, in turn, give it to you. He threw the keys to the kingdom in our hand, and he essentially said, occupy until I come. All the stuff that you saw me do, your job is to do it until I return. Your job is to manifest my character, my nature, my goodness, my attributes, so the world can see your good works and know, so they can see your love for one another and know that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Where my Awana Cubbies at? <laughs> Some of y'all know what's up. Do I have anybody went to, went to Awanas? Y'all do that up here? I got all sorts of gems and jewels. Show you my vest. It doesn't fit anymore. <laughs> I should wear it next time I preach. That would be awesome. I don't know about this guy. <clears throat> Matthew 5, 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but they put it on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. 1 John 1, 5 through 10. I'm jumping around a little bit. My apologies. 
This is a message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him there's no darkness in, in uh, darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. That is a strong statement. I wish it wasn't in the Bible, but it is. I've read it several times, and the more I read it, the more convicted I get, but it doesn't disappear. <laughs> if we say that we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Do not resist the blood and body of Jesus, because it's the only thing that can make you right with him. Conviction is not a bad word. Hallelujah. Just because you repented yesterday doesn't mean that things won't flare up. I'm not saying that you're a slave to sin, but I'm telling you that the grace of the Lord covers a lot of stuff in your life. How many of you have been saved longer than five years in the room? Raise your hand. Have you been made aware of some things currently that have always existed in your Christian walk that you've never seen before? Well, I thought that I confessed. Well, you confess to the best of your ability, but the grace of the Lord. Love covers a multitude of sins. But we go from grace to grace, glory to glory, death to death. So he's wanting to put to death, my goodness gracious, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. And the, the good, good, goodness of God is actually covering a multitude of sins, but the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So if you are operating and living either intentionally or unintentionally in a sinful style of life, the wages, the paying wages for that is death. And God came to, to man, just, he, he has the keys to death, hell, and the grave. It's not about dirty, rotten, sinner shame. He wants to get you so free. The world has not seen a human being totally free yet. What would it look like if we went from grace to grace, glory to glory, and we embraced the cross, which was not what the devil says about us, but what God says about us? And our life is this perpetual journey of going lower and going lower and going lower until we're face down. Heidi Baker would say, how, how do we go? We go low and we go slow. The kingdom is not, you know, like a rising shooting. So you're like, no, I'm just going to go lower. You're going to die a thousand deaths. The king of kings and lord of lords... God wrapped in flesh, he came to creation, and he washed their feet. That's the craziest thing in the world. Why would God do that? Because this mind that, that he wants to put in us, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus, looked like he was willing to embrace the cross. It looked like he was willing to model absolute authority and absolute power through service. Are you all with me this morning? And as we do this, and as we take the low road, and as we pursue him, Yes, we want to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. There's something about that, that the fellowship of his sufferings, that brings about some, some fruit in our life that is absolutely necessary. James 1, 16 through 17. <clears throat> I'll give you a chance to go there. Hallelujah. Shaka Baba. Thank you, Lord, for your word. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord, for your word. James 1, 16 and 17. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good and perfect gift 
is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, from whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. I felt like there was a, a ministry of the Lord this morning to illuminate some things in your life that sometimes the devil aims to paint God as the bad guy in your life, and he aims to paint the good gifts that the Father is giving you as negative so you don't receive them for what they are. And many of you have unwrapped or you have wrapped up packages under the Christmas tree that have been there for many years, and the Lord's saying, you have to receive the gifts that I've placed before you, but inside some of them is conviction, and some inside some of them is repentance, and inside some of them is death to self, and you're like, I don't actually want that gift because it's not what I asked for. And he's like, I actually, my ways are higher, and my my thoughts, you don't even understand them, but my way is best, and every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. Do you hear what I'm saying? Sometimes we resist the very thing that God is wanting to set us free with, and there's a way that seems right to a man, y'all, but the end of that is death. We hold out your hands real quick. I want to pray over you, and we're going to make some transitions. Lord, we just thank you right now for your Holy Spirit in this room. I thank you for a spirit of illumination, God, that you would just shine light on every dark place in our hearts. Lord, even lies that we believe culturally, even lies that we have believed uh, that, that came up through religious ideologies and systems and structures uh, that are not uh, led of your spirit. We just thank you, Lord, for the liberty and the freedom that's in this house. And I even thank you for a grace this morning um, to rightly divide the word of truth, that the Lord is doing this thing. And I've seen it everywhere that I go that... There's a grace that as I'm preaching and teaching, the Lord causes the word to come alive like never before. It is the spirit of revelation which re reveals all aspects of Christ. Some of you have been having trouble reading your Bible. Some of you, every time you go to crack it open, you feel sleepy or you feel distracted or it feels like there's a block and I don't know what it is. And I see the spirit of the Lord right now turning the lights on. He's turning the lights on. He's turning the lights on. He's turning the lights on. on the push. He's reminding you of what is true, what is righteous, what is holy, what is pure. He's reminding you of what he says about you. There's an exchange where some of us have tried so hard to be relevant. And he's like, that, you know, that doesn't matter. My revelation is always relevant. You don't have to worry about relevancy. There's a move in the earth where people are trying to be woke. God's like, that's a poor imitation for awakening. Political correctness and secular humanism and the gods of this age will still bow to the name of Jesus. There is an awakening happening. God's turning on the light. The time, the, the time is now to arise out of slumber, to stand up, put on the armor of light, which is the character and the person of Jesus Christ, that as he is in this world, so are we. Yes, it's the armor. Yes, it's the, it's the, the clothing in the person of Jesus Christ, that as he, he is in this world, so are we. That by the Spirit, that when the, 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 the devil and his, his minions look at us in the Spirit, all they see is Jesus. That's actually the way it is in the Spirit realm. But you need to see yourself that way before you begin to act like that. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Every eye closed, every head bowed. We'll go full Baptist on you right now. If you're having trouble reading your Bible and it's been something you've been praying about and you feel convicted about, raise your hands right now. Yeah, Lord, right now, I just ask for a supernatural baptism on these folks to actually engage with you in your word. Lord, that it would, it would jump off of the pages. We ask, God, that you would breathe your, 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 your spirit, your, your, your pneuma, your, 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 uh, your rhema would begin to jump out of the Logos, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. I even speak over some of you had problems with like, you, you've had trouble with school and education and people have even spoken word curses over you and said you're not smart and your cognition's low and there may even be some medical issues uh, that are saying that. I just say the Spirit of the Lord is even going to begin to heal issues with cognition and heal issues with recall and heal issues with even uh, ADD as you read the Word of God. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's a grace to hide God's Word in your heart that you might not sin against Him. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.us.